we was we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? It's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked to guys. This game's pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. Sports Intoxication, back for your listening pleasure. Uh, it's been quite a week in Cincinnati sports land. We rec- last recorded after game one of the National League wildcard round, um, and the Reds had lost that game. And uh, so we're back to talk about the wrapping up of that series. And then um, a monumentous Weekend for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. This is Sox. Sports intoxication is back in your ear. Uh, as Outcast would say, giving you eargasms. Um, hitting you with a little Outcast. You didn't see that coming. No. Uh, this is Sox. <laughs> no. Joined by Matt. Hello. And Brian. We're Gates. off the rails early, it would appear. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Well, we might as well. Uh, what's everybody drinking while we're. Bourbon and beer. I started with a, a Boston Lager. Now I've switched to Weller. Nice. Yeah, I got Weller in the Taft's Oktoberfest. Pretty good. October. Thank nice. you. Uh, uh, probably because Taft in the bathtub. So uh, clever. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking a little early times, which is a good cheap little shelfer. Um, so I gotta that's, that's I gotta incredible. ask you guys a question yeah. on Oktoberfest beers. I normally really like Oktoberfest beers, and I used to think that Moreline had an incredible one. Um, but I had it tonight, and I had to throw it out because I thought it was so bad. Is there a question in there? Do you like their beer? <laughs> Do you like their Oktoberfest Moreline? Honestly, I haven't had it in a long time. I like. We. Typically, it would get Sam Adams as our kind of go-to on the Oktoberfest. Yeah, I haven't had that one yet this year. Which one was it, Brian? Moreline. Okay. Um, I don't know that I've had that lately or ever. Um, I like Oktoberfest, but it's not like the thing that I have to try all of them. Um, but it's good that Oktoberfests are better, are making a comeback more so than pumpkin beers everybody just dominating a market of pumpkin beers because those are gross so that's positive development in the beer world um so as i hinted at uh the reds bowed out of the uh wild card round of the national league playoffs losers won nothing in game one to the braves and then the final score was 5 nothing, but I'm going to call it basically another one nothing loss to the Braves in game two. Um, they ta- The Braves tacked on four runs in the t- uh, bottom of the eighth against um, Rysel Iglesias, who 
we talked about quite a bit this year who's not great in non-safe situations. And then he was really good in non-safe situations. And then he was not good in this non-safe situation. Um, so the Reds are swept out of the playoffs. They don't score a run in 22 innings of playoff baseball. And um, they have a, they have a off season with a lot of question marks. And we're going to, we're going to do a, po- a off-season podcast that's kind of all to its own. So I don't want to get into a ton of off-season stuff and what, what they should do, what they will do. Um, interestingly enough, the rest of the Reds division was also eliminated in the first round. And all of the American League Central was the, kicked out of the playoffs in the first round. So this seems this – is a, this is a, just a tie-in. This seems like a, a very much a political tie-in as the East and West Coast just want nothing to do with the middle of America. And so they just got rid of baseball in the middle of America. And now the teams that play on the coast are going to figure all this shit out for us as far as who the world champs are. I thought that was an interesting parallel. You're watching the, pres- the vice presidential debate right now, aren't you? Jeez <laughs> Louise. NBA Finals, too, uh, which, yeah, yeah. like that – couldn't be more of a boring like i've watched most of so, the games and uh, I, kevin my brother texted me and said uh are you guys going to discuss the nba ratings and i was like i don't even know what you're talking about because i haven't watched a single quarter of nba basketball <laughs> and apparently they're the lowest in history since they started keeping track of nba ratings the the heat just bring nothing to the table and what I hope that the Heat were going to bring to the table, this is awesome, we're, we're way off topic, but uh, what I hope that the Heat were going to bring to the table was a competitive series, and they didn't bring that, because they have no star power. Um, does anyone bring, I'm just, like, really, though, does anyone bring anything to the table in that environment other than the Lakers? Like, I feel like LeBron especially, you get – you get the opposing fan bases so riled up when he comes into town because they just want to beat. I don't know. You just want to beat him, and it's just not the same without fans in NBA. I mean, that's very true. But I think that everything, and not to take anything away from the Nuggets, who are a good young team, but everything just is way more sexy if the Lakers and Clippers are battling in the Western Conference Finals because there's star power on the yeah. Clippers, and then. Personally, I think that the Celtics are a fun, young team to watch with a budding superstar in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, and Kemba Walker, a really good veteran. Uh, like, there's more just star power with those teams. And, and like, I'm, I'm using star power a little bit generously with the Celtics, but it's big time. And I think that the, the playoffs, well, for me, they miss the – the Warriors, because yeah. the Warriors are so much fun to watch. Honestly, this NBA season, just write it off. Who cares? I, I'd say the same thing about – not the same thing about MLB, because we were at least interested in that because of the Reds, but, like, the fact that they're playing in – not at the home parks, no fans. It's just like, come on. Hopefully by the time we get to the NFL playoffs, we'll have at least half of a stadium full. I don't know. They're, they're way off the rails, but – yeah. Florida announced today that the Dolphins are allowed to have 65,000 people at their next home game. (laughs) 
Well, first of all, they can announce that at any <laughs> right. point. They're not going to have six, five thousand. I, I love the Dolphins' response was, "Yeah, we're just going to keep it at 13. Just you know, we don't, we don't want to push it yet." And thank you, Florida and the Dolphins, for taking that bullet because you know if the Bengals in Ohio had something like there'd be memes all over the place about how the Bengals. But it is interesting win. though the Super Bowl's in Tampa, so I was just going to say, does, where is the Super provide, Bowl? It does provide a little bit of a litmus test going forward um, for the NFL playoffs here in a few few months. So, does that mean Tampa's allowed to have a? First uh, I would assume so, but I, I just saw the Dolphins. I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, they have an invigorated fan base with uh, TB12 yeah. and a 3-1 and one record. Um, anyway. So, anywho, the NBA playoffs – no, the Reds um, were – what are your thoughts on – Matt and I were, were trying to be positive last week in the prediction for game two that there would be a game three and then the, yeah. the Reds would win the game three. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. Um, Chase, you were correct in your – there was nothing – wagered on it but you were correct in your uh prediction of the reds being swept from the playoffs so i'll go to you first chase what are your thoughts on the reds rather unceremonious exit from i mean it's it's obviously very disappointing i think the the most disappointing thing is we wasted a great year of trevor bauer like i i find it hard to believe that trevor bauer is going to be back um i think if they can find a way to force a run across the plate in game one. This series is completely different. They they have a lot more confidence going into game two. And even if they lose game two, you still got a game three with Sonny Gray going. So that's the most disappointing thing. Um, I do think that this team, if, if the core stays, if Castellanos stays and, and Bauer is gone next year, I still think they'll be a playoff team. I think they're good enough over the course of a full season that they'll make the playoffs. But when you have Trevor Bauer on your team, you are a legitimate World Series contender in the playoffs, and I don't know that they are that without him going forward. So um, it's disappointing, but, you know, it's Cincinnati sports. You get in the playoffs, and then you set new futility records. So what what can you do? Why did we expect anything different? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Fair enough. Yeah, I, I would agree with Brian. I mean, it's disappointing. Um, certainly the outcome of the series, um, the lack of production. I, I will spend a little bit of a positive on it in that I was very impressed with Luis Castillo in game two of that. And, um, Fact. you know, if they don't have Trevor Bauer next year, which I hope they do, I think you're seeing – a three-year trajectory so far in Luis Castillo where he is, has the potential to be a superstar uh, as a starting pitcher. And you couple that with hopefully a healthy Sonny Gray for a year. And you have two bona fide, you know, number one or number twos in your rotation. Um, and a couple guys on the back end that are pretty solid. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom from a pitching standpoint if they lose Bauer. Now, hopefully they can find a way to resign him and they'll be – favorites to win the central next year i think um because i still think and i know we've talked about it we've hashed it out more than we never needed to over text message but um like you know this team is better offensively than they played this year according to my co-hosts um 
and I would agree with that, but you know, um, you know, they didn't get the full season. So I'd be really interested to watch this team play over the course of a full season, because I do think, I do think they start to play to the back of their baseball card a little bit, which they didn't do for 62 games this year. And I I think, I think, I think you can also say the same thing with Bauer though, because while he was dominant, it was a little bit, um, you know, he, it was short. Yeah, he, got he didn't hot. necessarily pitch to the back of his baseball card either. He was significantly above what he did, what he normally does. And he faced a lot of, you know, as you see from the playoffs and all of the teams that he pitched against get bounced, um, you know, not necessarily the best team. So uh, I think there's a little bit of that that goes to it as well. Yeah, all I was trying to say is I think if if you have – I agree. I think they've got enough pitching depth that they should be in a position to win the Central next year. I think their offense will play a lot better over the course of 162. I just think if you if you can throw out that three-headed monster at the top of your rotation next year, then I think I really you like have, them going into the playoffs. Run away, you have a chance to right. run away with that division. Right. I totally agree with uh, with both of you. Um, Trevor Bauer is not only a great pitcher and hopefully wins the first Cy Young in Reds history um, this year, but he's also a really entertaining dude. He's very honest. He's very active on social media. He kind of says what he's feeling, which is really refreshing. Um, and so he's just a, a cool guy to – to have as part of your city's organization. And um, so I hope he comes back. I think that he tweeted some stuff last night. Like he, there's already doom and gloom amongst Reds fans. Like, well, thanks for playing in Cincinnati. Too bad you won't be back next year. And he's like, he said, I'm not coming back. Uh, He said he loved his, his teammates. He said he likes the city. He said, Derek Johnson is the best coach he's ever worked with. Um, So the Reds have some things going in their favor. And the Reds paid him $17.5 million this year. The Reds have Freddie Galvis money coming off the books. I'm starting to get into offseason stuff. So, um, But point is, hopefully um, they can re-sign him. And I agree with you about the rotation depth. Um, and I totally agree with you about the offense. Um, guys, you know, I mean, A.A. Suarez is not a 200 hitter. And whether you're too reliant on the home run or not, if a. Eugenio Suarez is hitting 250 or 260 even, that's not 250 or 260 all on home mm-hmm. runs. That's hitting doubles in the gap. That's hitting singles. And this is a team that, yep. as we saw, just didn't do a whole lot of Yeah, those. and my whole point on all of that was, for the most part, this team is not going to manufacture runs. It's not the way that they're they're built, um, in my opinion. I, again, that's just my opinion on it. Um I think that I, I think that there's there's some truth to that. I think that um, that played out way more exaggerated, way more exaggerated manner this postseason um, than yeah. I would expect it to play out in the future. And I think that the guys that the the Castellanos's of the world, who hopefully he opts to come back, um, are also going to be doubles hitters like. It's just, it's yeah. a lot. And maybe one of the worst things that happened for Castellanos was the start that he got off to because he was crushing balls out of GABP and he was like, well, maybe I can just hit everything. I don't know. One last, um, one last thing on like Bauer said, is I think 
I think they the Reds need to make it very public. If I were the Reds, I would make it very public. You know, the ownership, Nick Crawl, hey, we want you and we're offering you a shit ton of money. Because I think that's just a way you, you can't just let him go. Uh, I think they yeah. need to make it very public. Let the fan base know, hey, we're trying whatever we can. If he chooses to, great. If not, great. But we put our cards on the table, and that's what it is. So, I mean, I think they need to Absolutely. That's a great point to keep the energy alive in the fan base. And um, as you've touched on that, one of the things that I wanted to say – one, Dick Williams resigned today, which we'll talk about that on that offseason podcast. And to your point, Matt, um, with the Reds' aggressiveness, uh, aggressiveness last offseason, they made what was reported to be a three-year, $50 million contract to Marcelo Zuna, who then turned that down and signed a 18 or, I don't know, $16 million deal, one-year deal with the Braves. Because Ozuna turned that down is why the Reds ended up with Castellanos. And it wasn't a – no one knew that Ozuna was going to have the year that he had in the, in, with the Braves. I always thought in the offseason that Castellanos was a better option because I thought he was a better hitter. But my point of saying all this is that you never know until it comes out later how aggressive your team was. And, and you know, the Reds were trying to, to put those pieces yeah. in place. Um, so – a topic for um, that we really want to dig deep into on another episode, maybe um, maybe in a week or two. We'll see when we get to that. Maybe we tie it into a bye week or a week that the Bengals just get absolutely trounced or something. So next uh, week, next speaking week. of the Bengals, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're hoping to have a guest next week, but he could he could do that too. Um, but that yes, that that now before we get negative, before we go to negative town, um, the Bengals and Joe Burrow won their first game of the season. They did it in what I would say is um, somewhat dominating fashion, especially in the second half. Um, And they did it against a bad team, but you can't knock them for beating a bad team because guess what? The Jaguars are on their schedule. Good teams are supposed to beat bad teams. Bengals aren't a good team yet, but they beat a bad team. Um, So thoughts, on we'll go the other way this time with Matt thoughts on the Bengals first win of the season Joe Burrow's first career win Uh, it's hard not to be impressed with Burrow um that's kind of the biggest takeaway I think I have from watching them play um he is going to be very good as long as he stays healthy and that's obviously the biggest question mark but on all like you said it was a bad the Jaguars aren't good um but they came out, they took control of the game in the second half, which is what you want to see. Um, you know, it was a nice win. Hopefully they can build on it. You know, unfortunately they should be three and one um, and they're not. And how much different are you looking at these next five games? If they're three and one right now versus one, two and one. Um, but it kind of is what it is. I'm, I'm very impressed with Burrow. I'm very impressed with T Higgins. Um you know, I think by the end of this year, he's going to be very clearly the number two wide receiver on this team. Um, so, I mean, it was it was good. Um, not a whole lot else to say. I mean, 
hopefully they can uh, build some confidence and go to Baltimore and compete. But um, just some of the throws, man, that the kid can make back there, it's uh, it's pretty pretty special. As we just talked about with the Reds, uh, a lot of times as Cincinnati sports fans, um, we think that we can't have nice things. And Joe Burrow makes you like you can realistically dream that in two or three years, the Bengals could have a top five quarterback in the NFL, a top three or four quarterback. I mean, this guy's really fucking good. Hey, um, he might. He, I mean, he's already in the top half of the league, I would think, just with some of the throws that he can make. I don't know. I mean, you give him a good offensive line. That was something I, I think that was so right. impressive this week. And Brian, sorry, um, is I was impressed with Zach Taylor in the second half because uh, the first half I was I was in Brian Chase's negative town. Um, <laughs> that is an understatement. <laughs> Some of the play calls I just didn't understand, and, you know, that's fine. Um, but I was really impressed with what they did in the second half. And, you know, I think they found their formula for winning football games. And it's pretty simple. It's get it to 28 as often as you can. He's a good football player. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, they've seemed to scheme up some ways to get him some running holes in the second half. Now, again, granted, it might be against a bad defense, but, you know, that's a good formula is getting mixed and running the ball, and which is that was the first game that they've really been able to run the ball, and it just opens everything up. Absolutely, and I think that one really important thing that you said, well, for long-suffering Bengals fans is halftime adjustments because then I got to throw on Hashtag halftime adjustments. Hashtag Don't throw Marv hey, under Marvin. the bus. Come Hashtag on. Fire Marvin Lewis. Fire Marvin Lewis from Arizona State. The guy only had 168 uh, games. Halftime adjustments. <laughs> he needed more time. So. Halftime adjustments more have time. long been a problem. Long been a problem for this franchise. They just come out and do the same thing. Brian, your thoughts on the Bengals? Joe Burrow makes. Joe Burrow makes that, watching the Bengals fun again. A win that, even if they lose. Even if they lose, Damn, they're fun to good. watch. Uh, the other thing, the offensive line, that's the best game they've played in two years. And Zach Taylor, for as much as I bash on him, he has been doing a very good job of making halftime adjustments like you guys were saying. And I also love the fact that we saw some jet sweeps for the first time this week. Like, I've been calling for those <laughs> for like eight weeks now, since last year. <laughs> Hashtag jet sweeps. But, uh, no, I was listening to um, the Skinny podcast today on the walkout or their post, their Sunday night podcast. And they talked about, which I thought immediately of you because you are a big jet sweep guy. But they talked about how important it is if you're going to have one back sets or you're going to have sets where you motion that back into a pattern or split them out wide, that you have to have some threat of a running game. The Bengals ran a jet sweep to Alex Erickson. Tyler Boyd and Gio. They have three different wide receivers. Yeah. Um, and so some creativity um, and different ways to get the guys to get different guys, the ball in spaces. Certainly. Yeah, so I think um, for, I, I will say this for as awful as I thought Zach Taylor was last year, 
yeah, there are definitely still shortcomings that need to be addressed, but you can kind of start to see the light coming on a little bit. I mean, if, if you look at the offenses put up 30, 23, 33, the last three weeks at Philly, they should have scored more than that. Um, they're getting closer. And I think the more comfortable that Burrow gets uh, and, and the more, hopefully the more refined the offensive line gets, that will only improve as, as they go through the season. Yeah. I mean, they just finished their preseason effectively, right? I mean, right. the more advanced preseason. Yeah, and I I think that um, the offensive line, two things that happened. One, in the first three games of the season, the Bengals did play a, a murderer's row of defensive lines and defensive ends. Um, and that's not making an excuse because the second thing I was going to say is a lot of times with Fred Johnson and or Billy Price at right guard, there were guys in the backfield before Mixon could get a handoff or before Joe Burrow could turn around and see what was happening. And Burrow, for all his elusiveness, I mean, you can't elude somebody that you don't see. So he has to be able to get back there, look at the field, and then figure out where he needs to go. And um, that was a big thing for Alex Redmond to just not whiff. And I don't, I don't claim to be an expert in football or no assignments or whatever, but I don't understand how as a guard you whiff <laughs> on the dude that's six inches away from your face. But it was happening three times a game where, like, they just missed or they didn't know that they were supposed to block the guy that was six inches away from their face. And that didn't happen. So huge step. And I think that also you read a little bit, and I don't know how much this plays in and how much it's just uh, media speak, but I think that there is some familiarity with Bobby Hart playing next to Redmond. And so um, maybe that helps Bobby Hart play a little bit better, which obviously we take. Um, right. And they still, they face. still didn't figure it out. I mean, yeah, he didn't get sacked, but he was pressured. I think more than you'd like to see. He was hit more than you'd like to see, but it was a million times better than what it has been the first three weeks. So hopefully they'll continue to improve but uh, they'll still be able to get their their permanent right tackle next year, whether via free agency or the draft. Absolutely. Keep improving that offensive line. We're not saying it's fixed, but um, it certainly looked better, which is a step in the right direction. And keeping Joe Burrow healthy is really the, the biggest goal for this year, aside from – the nine or ten wins that Matt and I predicted. Still time. Um, still time. Which are still, still time. Still time. Exactly. Still. Very uh, easily, you can see a nine and three stretch coming up. <laughs> now the true optimist is coming um, out. Speaking of. Speaking of. Can we? Can I just ask one stretch, question real quick? Um, when is the first game that yeah. John Ross starts ahead of AJ Green? That's actually a really good question. Um, AJ Green is a non-factor, and he's he's not getting he's not drawing attention. He's not getting double teamed. He's um, he's just a non-factor. Now, as Matt just said, they just finished their preseason. Hasn't played in there's, two years. There's, I would say, there's a absolutely, and so maybe he's knocking some rust off. 
I would say that there's a 10% chance that AJ Green gets better throughout this year. There's a 90% chance that what, what we're seeing right now from AJ Green is what AJ uh, Green is. To answer your question about opinion. the first time that John Ross starts over AJ Green at wide receiver is going to be next year when John Ross is no longer on the Bengals. I don't care. AJ on the Bengals next year. He what? <laughs> Neither one of them will be yep. on the Bengals next year. True. But I just don't I don't see it. I think John Ross has had obviously he was in Marvin's doghouse, then he had a lot of chances with Zach Taylor, and that obviously hasn't worked out. I think AJ's at least trustworthy. Maybe he does he's not getting separation right now. He's not the same guy that he was, but I just don't see John Ross ever taking him. I, th- I think if anything, you'll go with three You'll go with three right. wide sets with Tate, Boyd, and Higgins. That was more of a facetious question than anything. But at the same time, like. But realistically, if John Ross is going to be an right, active I mean, Washington, AJ Green, I mean, like, granted, like you said, it's only four games. But at some point, you got to start asking the question because this is a guy who has consistently said that he's, you know, he's still a top 10 wide receiver in the league, whatever, and he just isn't. Um, now, granted, he hasn't played in a couple of years. He might be trying to get healthy. But if you're getting that much money and you are supposedly a star, I mean, you can't be targeted five times like he was in this game. He can't get open. Right. They're not but, doubling him. He but just can't get open. To your point earlier, he didn't have a preseason. He hasn't – his first interaction thrown with Joe Burrow, getting time with Joe Burrow, was week one. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that he's the A.J. Green of old because he's not. But I'm certainly not throwing John Ross in the game over him right now. I guess I just don't know, you know, if you if this is the same thing going on in week nine and you have both of them, and again, this is all conjecture, but, I mean, he's not a weapon offensively right now. And not to say John Ross is, but John Ross at least scored touchdowns last year. I mean, he got open in the red zone. Yep. He, he, did stuff. So, I mean, I think it's it's uh, a possibility if things don't get better. I, the thing that I think is interesting about that question is that, like Chase mentioned, that John Ross was uh, always in Marvin Lewis's doghouse. And through week three or four last year, maybe week two, uh, week two or three, John Ross was leading the AFC in receiving yards uh, before he got hurt. Now, John Ross has a problem with being hurt and not being available. But right now, John Ross would seem to be firmly entrenched as Zach Taylor's, we don't need you. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm saying that's a stunning development to me because, like you said, Matt, there was productivity there last year when he was available. And so to him – for him to be active now, I like Auden Tate. Auden Tate's been good the last two weeks. Um, so I think, like the so, thing that I would counteract that with is like John Ross was active. What week one? He got the most targets, I believe, or most plays. Right, most plays. Yeah, most plays. Most, uh, week he, two, yeah, the, the most. He was inactive at Cleveland. Active week three. Inactive last week, right? Or inactive last three weeks? Or no, active. Actually. Inactive last two. Auden weeks. Tate, yes. Auden Tate. Yeah. Auden Tate so, was inactive in Cleveland. I mean, they have a 
a good wide receiver core, I would think. Um, Mike Thomas has shown a very. ton in for his role on the team. I think he's a very good four or five wide receiver so far. But, also, think about this. Yeah. Th- this is the thing that sticks out to me about John Ross. Week one, he had a couple huge drops in that game when they were trying to drive late. Right, right. So, yeah, I, trust me, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying, like, at some point, like, what's the point of keep keep running AJ Green out there? Because at some point, it's not it's he's not a decoy anymore. He's not getting open. Totally. Yeah. Other teams are seeing film saying the Jaguars played AJ Green one on one with their third or fourth worst corner because they're they're number one or two. And I love AJ Green, but I just hurt. like and they, you know, like he's not providing yeah. anything offensively right it's, now. It's a business. That's. I, I totally agree, and I think it's a. I think that it's an interesting development over the next two or three weeks because like we said, if he doesn't, if the arrow isn't pointing up for AJ green after the next two or three weeks, then the Bengals do need to put, whether it's Auden Tate or John Ross or whoever, put somebody in there that can at least strike some fear in defenses and yeah, make I mean, defenses. Uh, I guess the question is, right. They get game plan Baltimore at Indy Cleveland. So say they go one and two or zero and three in those three games. And AJ Green's still doing nothing. Then, all right, this season's not going anywhere. Obviously, it's probably not going anywhere now. But they're still, you know, alive, for lack of a better term. Um, if this season's not going anywhere, there's absolutely no harm in putting John Ross into that lineup and seeing what he can do for eight or nine games with. A rookie quarterback, in my opinion. That's yeah. Agree. I still don't think. I, I agree with you. I don't think they'll resign him either way. But um, you're right. There's no harm in that. Uh, so, as you hinted at, Matt, Bengals are at Baltimore this weekend. Um, the Ravens are. This is a huge game for the Bengals who are one Oh and one in their last two. And if you extrapolate that out over a whole season, that's eight Oh and eight, which is pretty good. That's the, pretty good. Yeah. Year. That'd be a playoff team, uh, I think. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no losses and eight half, eight wins is, uh, or eight ties is four half. Wins, yeah. So it's almost the 12 and four. Uh, no, but they have some momentum, albeit against bad teams. Um, but if the Bengals can play with the Ravens, if the Bengals can keep this, really, if they can cover the spread, and I know that in the Bengals locker room, they don't care anything about the spread, but the spread right now is 13. If the Bengals lose this game by 10 or lose this game by seven, um, I think that that shows that the progress they've made in the last couple of weeks is real. If they lose it by 20, then you're back to where you were after they lost the Browns game. And you're saying, okay, well, let's keep the quarterback alive and, you know, let's address some issues and let him grow and uh, 
so on and so forth. So um, I think this is a huge game. And to not to look too far ahead because we're doing this weekly, but this stretch of games where the Bengals play Baltimore, Indianapolis, the Tiny Browns. Steelers is next five. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh and, and the Tennessee Titans. Um, if the Bengals can win two games out of these next five, that's a pretty big building block. For well, them. It keeps them in the um, – Yeah, so, I mean, it keeps them in the conversation for a playoff spot too if they can win two out of the five. I think eight wins will get you into yeah, the playoffs and as we talked with about, the added spot, I would think. So. Right. Um, so, it, it, this is the toughest stretch of their schedule that they're going to have all year. And this is going to be interesting to see what they have. Because, like we've mentioned multiple times in this podcast, the Jaguars aren't very good. The Eagles look like a dumpster fire. They went out to San Francisco and beat the 49ers. The 49ers are playing their backup quarterback, so who knows what, that's, what that means. Um, but that being said, uh, spreads 13. So who you got, we'll go with uh, – I'll go first. Um, I was not going to do this. Um, I was definitely going to pick the Bengals to not cover, but – Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison um, put some stats, threw some stats out there today or on their later latest podcast that when the Bengals are double-digit dogs, they've covered nine out of the last ten. And I'm going to say that the Bengals lose to the Ravens, I'll say 42 to 30. So Bengals shootout cover. Yeah, I'm assuming taking the way over on that one. Over under 51. So, yes. Well, well, I think that there's no chance that the Ravens don't score a bunch of points on the Bengals defense. And I don't think the Ravens defense, well, the Ravens defense is good, but um, it might be a little too many points for. uh, I said it, I put it out there. and I think that I think that that cover is probably a backdoor cover. Like it could be a forty-two to third twenty-three game. Bengals score. Dude, I'm, I'm drinking the Joe Burrow Kool Aid. They're going to cover. They're not going to win. I'll say Baltimore thirty-five, Bengals twenty-seven. Yeah, I mean, I think love it. I I, I would agree. I, I do think they'll cover. Um, I don't, 38, 30, 38, 30, 38, 31, um, that's fine. Um, I think they lose 38-31. Um, I, I would push back a little bit, Sox, just to be argumentative a little bit, but also just kind of, you know, last year around this time they went to Baltimore in week – Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Week six, so a week later, or 0-5, they go to Baltimore. Baltimore's undefeated. They lose 23-17. to um, So, and that, granted, there was a late touchdown in that game. It was 23-10 with, like, two minutes left in the score. But for me, a measuring stick is 
be competitive the whole game. Keep it a one-score game. Go into the fourth quarter, and you lose the you 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 lose the cover with a late touchdown by Baltimore, or you know it's just a kneel down at the end of the game. But to me, they should have a chance to win this game, in my opinion, uh, because I don't. There's never going to be an easier time to go into Baltimore and win a game. Um, Lamar Jackson missed practice today with a sore knee. Um, so, you know, who knows how healthy he's going to be. Jesus, Dodgers. Um, oh my God. Are you guys uh, watching this debate? There's a fly on Mike Pence's hair right now. It won't move. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> He's got the whitest hair. It's literally just sitting there. Oh, we're going to see a bunch of memes tomorrow, boys. Yeah, I mean, to me, <laughs> they need to go into this game and be competitive from the jump. And, you know, realistic, I think have a chance to win. Um, because, like I said, there's not going to be a better time to go in there and get a win. Baltimore's going to be looking ahead. You know, they're not going to think anything of this game and go in and surprise them. But to me, Baltimore's next stretch after the Bengals is much like the Bengals stretch. Uh, So Baltimore could be caught in it. And I love your 2317 mention of last year. 100% full disclosure. I have Lamar Jackson and two fantasy teams. Both those teams suck. And I need him to put up 35 points for me to win any kind of game. Right. So if the Ravens put up 40, I mean the Ravens are they're, they're going to run all over the 35. Bengals. Let's not so this is get ourselves of that. But this I, is I think, more about my but I think team Brian, that's a really interesting real things comment because I, this game is going to be really interesting to watch the Bengals linebackers and get a feel for these young kids. Now, granted, they're still young. It's week five of their rookie season, but it's going to be. Is Logan Wilson back this week? I assume he was limited today in practice. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be super interesting. Mackenzie Alexander looks like the defense, you know, play. I mean, I was going to say, I think the problem isn't necessarily going to be the linebackers, it's going to be the D line. I I don't think the middle of the D line's played as well as. Oh, we like now killed them when the Ravens played here last year. I mean, they yeah. just they. But I'm just thinking of the Browns game. Like they were literally getting blown off the ball on the D line. Yeah. And... But I'm just really interested to watch that that side of the ball. Well, the other and... thing with the linebackers is Baltimore throws out Mark Andrews, and I don't know what other tight ends they've got this year, but it seems historically they've got one or two wideouts, and then they're throwing two, three tight ends on the field at a time. So yeah. can can they cover? Yeah, to me, to me, this is a measuring stick, not just for the Bengals, but it's a measuring stick for my boy Sweet Lou and his defense. Um, because I mean, that's why they spent so much money this <laughs> offseason, right? Is you know you're playing this team twice a year, and they're the team you have to beat. When they think they signed the guys to compete in this game, right? I mean, that's that's what they signed these guys for. Yeah. And go out and prove it. 
is the whole thing that I would say is, you know, they have to at some point show up. Um, you know, hopefully we get the Bengals defense that showed up against San Diego and for the most part, Philly and Jacksonville. Now, granted, those are far inferior offensive teams to what they're going to be facing, but the one good offensive team they played, they struggled. Yes, and uh, Mark Andrews, big, huge tight end weapon for um, for Baltimore. Obviously, Mark Jackson is a big time weapon. They have a good running game with three running backs, um, and then the receiver. I forget his. Uh, it's not AJ Brown. He's the Titans. It's I think Marquise Brown. Um, they. I mean, if if William Jackson can can keep Marquise Brown like they don't have a ton of like big time receiver scary talent um but Lamar Jackson can score from anywhere on the field he's like watching a video against game. the Bengals theoretically yeah um so that'll be um that'll be quite a bit of fun and a great measuring stick for the progress and I will bet both of you ten dollars right now that Baltimore scores so, in the last two minutes of the game or first uh, half. Uh, no, socks. Here, I'll take Matt. It. Here's the problem: you and I At have just been going back and forth on the bottles of bourbon, losing and winning bets. Right. Socks is always the middleman, and he's just dying to get in on the action. Yeah. So ten dollars, <laughs> field goal, or anything, uh, they will score. Does the safety count? Here we go. Ten bucks does if they the, score a touchdown. Does the safety count? Five bucks if it's a field goal. No, no. It has to be an offensive score. Yes, and it could be – and you just, like, extrapolate too, right? If Baltimore kicks a field goal, Bengals get three and out, throw a pick six, you know, whatever it is. You know, if they get two field goals, that's ten bucks. If they get two touchdowns, that's 20 bucks. Because I'm not rolling it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay, so what – if and if they don't score – it's ten dollars yes. to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm, really I mean, it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I feel okay. very good. And about my I, okay, and if the Bengals get a turnover right. in the last two minutes, then <laughs> it's know. double for Sox. That's fine. That ain't happening either. And if they Ooh, get, a, if they get, a, if they get a turnover <laughs> touchdown, I love it. Good then is that quadruple? I don't know. I'll, I'll give them a hundred bucks. I don't. I mean, that ain't happening either. <laughs> When was the last time Sweet right. Leo had a, had a turnover for a touchdown? Turnover for touchdown in the last two minutes of the first half. <laughs> Matt owes you 100 bucks. Nine. That'd be big. I'm rooting for okay. it. I'm rooting for Hold it. Hold on. Did yeah. all three of us pick him to cover? So yeah. They're probably going to lose by 30 now. Yes. <laughs> um, so the Bengals are 3-0-1 against the spread this year. So if you're Listen, uh, and you're looking to for somewhere to put your money. I'm not saying do that. Yeah, I thought it was three. Uh, and right. no, it, was three it was three when we made the bet. Got it. Yeah. Um. So after the Bengals' slow start to the season, I got to thinking. Well, as I'm always doing is reading uh, mock drafts. It's like clickbait, big time for me, um, and with the possibility that the Bengals could have a top 10 pick, you start to look around and you start to look at these quarterbacks that are coming out. And you have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Um, and then you could have 
any number of guys pop up like Joe Burrow did last year. So that got me to thinking that we should play this game on sports intoxication. That is who is really, because there've been so many young quarterbacks drafted in the past few years. Plus then there's all these stalwarts throughout the league that these teams don't need a quarterback. Um, So I thought we would play this game. That is basically who needs a quarterback who will – these I'll are the four categories. Hold on. Yeah, I need a pen and a paper Who needs here. a quarterback? Teacher right. is surprising us with a pop quiz. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't uh, ready for this. Yeah. Who needs a quarterback? Who will need a quarterback in the next three to five years? So who needs say, a quarterback? Who say, needs a quarterback? Five years. Yeah. Who let's needs say a quarterback in the next, in the next – Two years. How's that different than who needs a quarterback? Yeah. So, who needs a quarterback? Three, three, who needs right. a quarterback? Let's do three years now. for who because needs a quarterback, a quarterback in the next three years. All right. Okay. So, who needs one now? Who needs one in the next three years? Um, who has their quarterback definitively? And then... There's another sneaky category that is who thinks they have their quarterback. Now, it doesn't matter what we think. It's just um, who thinks that they have drafted and have their quarterback. For instance, the Miami Dolphins probably think that they have their quarterback. Um, He's not playing yet. He hasn't showed anything. But I would not put the Dolphins in any other category because I don't know that they have their quarterback. Um, All right. They I think like they it. have their quarterback. I already got my – So I got my uh, – I'm going to – My off-the-wall who thinks they have their quarterback answer. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a debate. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, well, I mean, we all know who the starting quarterbacks in, in the NFL are. And yeah. let's just go division by division. We'll start with the And you're gonna say AFC team and quarterback, correct? East. All right. Yes. Buffalo Bills have their quarterback. Josh Allen. Have their quarterback, I would say. Have their quarterback, I agree. Um New England Patriots can We'll just keep going in this order, Brad. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, needs a quarterback in the next three years. Agreed. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to say that they have their quarterback because I think that Cam puts them in a purgatory where they're not going to be anywhere near the top ten of the draft. Um, they've been good with him. These, so, and I know Cam has injuries. Real quick, like um, they look good in the three games. On this game, could that quarterback, if we say in the next three years, could that quarterback be on their roster already but not starting? Because I think Jared – I think Stidham could be pretty good for uh, – Because if that okay. – They already have it. If he's already on the roster, then I think that – Okay. No, that's that just a question because I yeah. watched – Stedham looked pretty good on Monday night, other than the pick six late. But um, 
He looked pretty good. I was interested in watching that game from start to finish because of Patrick Mahomes um, and because of Stidham because I wanted to see what he looked like. And then the whole Hoyer thing kind of made yeah. me lose interest. And then it became right. kind of a boring game. I, I ended up, uh, as with anything else in my life, uh, my attention was distracting with was questions. Brief. So, okay. You're good. No. Um, so, okay. The Miami Dolphins. Now, they're they, the starting they think they have the QB. But they have two attack of Iowa on their roster. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they think they have their quarterback, yes. I I agree. Um, the they think they have New their York quarterback. Jets. Sam Darnold. They, they need a quarterback. Yes, Sam Darnold, New York Jets. I, yeah, I think they have the they Ryan, think you they said they think they have the quarterback. Matt says needs. I'm going to say needs. I think if the Jets are in the top five picks, I think they're not going to win a game. Um, one or they might win one or two. And how are you going to pass on Trevor Lawrence if he's there at number one? Which he'll be there at number one. Obviously. Well, and they'll have a new coach and likely a new GM by that point. Right. But Darnold, Darnold, yeah, I mean, Darnold, Darnold like he's there at number one. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's really young. Darnold is very young. Yes. Um. Yeah. Okay, that's that whole division. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll go AFC South. The. We'll switch it for divisions. So okay. I'll, I don't know why. I'll go I and then that. Chase will go. Or Sox will go. So the okay. Jaguars with Minshew. Um, yep. They need a quarterback in the next three years. Next three years. Okay, so they need a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That category, that that other category. They need yeah. a quarterback. Okay. Now, Chase. <laughs> I'm going to say they also need a quarterback. Although I love the the Gardner Minshew look. Um. Okay. The they need a quarterback. A good, the Indianapolis Colts. They need a quarterback in the next three years. Philip Rivers. Okay, so the three. I mean, they need category. a quarterback now. They're going to need it before three years from now. I'm going to say in the three years category. I think he's an aging quarterback, uh, but he's going to. I think he's a guy that's going to play as long as he freaking can. Um, the <laughs> uh, the Tennessee Titans with they Ryan need a quarterback. Tana. They think they have their quarterback. They're I'm going to say a new coach too. They think they have their quarterback. Jesus, you don't want that stuff today. Woo. No. <laughs> I said the NFL told them not to have workouts, like they, and they just had a workout well, last week while they were going through COVID. Yeah. Not not great for Vrabel. Yeah, that's bad. 
No. Um, and then they the have their quarterback. Houston they Texans have with Sean Watson. They have their quarterback. I agree. Now we'll go to the Bengals division, and let's just start. Foxy, you're up. The Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. They have their quarterback. They have their quarterback. They have their quarterback. That's fine. They have their quarterback. Good work. Um, The Fox. Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. They have their quarterback. Uh, So this is going to be the one that I think is controversy. I think they think they have their quarterback. And the only reason I will say that, the only reason I will say that, and the only reason is because of his style of play. Um, I just don't think it's sustainable in the NFL. Yeah. RG3 was a rookie of the year with the Redskins. And in in the yeah. spirit of this game at the time, the Redskins thought they had I think they have their quarterback. Uh, Chase? Yes. I mean, sorry, sorry. They have, they their, have quarterback. their quarterback. They do have you their threw, quarterback. You threw a thinking there. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to. I don't know. No, I it just I takes one hit your, on the, one of those knees. The reasoning and your fuck him up. Yeah, and he's he is not a player that right now I've seen that yeah. can just become. And the other a thing I'll say to that is passer. like how many times, uh, and it's happened the last two years. You know, at some point, the Andy Dalton effect, right? And I know he's a different player, but. He's 0-2 at home in the playoffs against two very inferior teams. You can be as good as you want in the regular season. You got to win the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, you brought up Andy Dalton. I can't wait to get to the Cowboys. You said they have two quarterbacks. I mean, they should have won both games. They were double-digit favorites in both no, games. No. They lost them both. It was a good – that's a good thing to bring up. Um, so staying in the division, the, I'm going to leave the most interesting for last, the Pittsburgh Steelers will need a quarterback. They need, their quarterback. they need a quarterback now because chances Roethlisberger makes it through this full season, I'd say are slim to none. Yeah, I would, um, okay. say in the next three years with, I'm with Sox, I think on that. And the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. Um, wow. Uh, I'm going to say that they. Yeah, I would agree. Think I think they, they, have, they think their have their quarterback. Um, they need to give the guy a chance with the coaching staff. Same thing I've been saying with Burrow for four weeks. They have their quarterback. I think the guy, he's got a lot of moxie. I think he just needs consistent coaching. Um, Did Johnny Manziel had something. I don't know what you'd call it. Confidence, cockiness, arrogance. I guess that's what (laughs) that. (laughs) Alcoholism. I was going to say, we can't. We can't. (laughs) 
say we'll anything negative that about this that. podcast. But I'm going to say the Browns have their quarterback. <laughs> okay. I like it. Um, so that takes us to the AFC West. And I will start with the World Series. Now we're back to Brian leading off um, the yeah. champs. Can we just all say they have their 15 quarterback? Years? I don't even know how many years and $400 million. Can't argue with one. Yes. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who does he play for? Justin Herbert in his uh, oh, yeah. early uh, San Diego Chargers. In his early, there's 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 little. I'm going to say they think they have their quarterback. Some good stuff. I think. um, I I mean I don't know I didn't watch a lot of him in college, but my understanding is he didn't he did he start two years out there, or was it just okay? Um, I I think they've they they think they've got their quarterback um, because he came. I'm not going to say that they do. I'm not that confident. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. I agree. Um, the Denver Broncos and John Elway thinks that they have that quarterback. I disagree with him. It's it's yeah. So who thinks they have their so quarterback? They think they That's their where quarterback. he falls under. Yeah. Okay. Um, they yeah. think they have their quarterback. Matt. I guess. Yeah, that's a tough one. I never see Denver play. Like I never watched them play. I like, I couldn't tell you what Drew Lock does. I totally agree. I'm going to say three, and uh, I'm going to say that they think they have their quarterback. They, he went three and one down the stretch last year, and so I think that they're they got a little bit confident, and then now he's been hurt uh, this year, so he hasn't played much. So they think they have their quarterback, and then uh, this one's actually interesting: Derek Carr, John. They Green, needed a QB in there, and that whole years. Las Vegas Raiders marriage. I think I think they have their quarter. I think they have their quarterback next three years. So they need. A, okay. Um, I'm going to say they need a quarterback in the next three years because I think that John Gruden um, likes shiny new objects and the next thing. And, uh, but Gr- and Mike yeah, and Gruden there, so didn't draft Carr, so you but know he's I think chomping at the bit to get his own guy in there. They have, but – I, I don't think yeah, he'll but be the starting a quarterback start there to this year. Um, I'd be willing to bet on that. All right, so that that finishes the AFC. We're going to do the NFC, but just to give you an update, um, right now they have their quarterback is leading. They think they have their quarterback is second. They need a quarterback is third, and then they will need a quarterback in the next three years is in last place. Um, But we have some interesting signal callers in the NFC because of age and some young signal callers that haven't 
had the greatest of success. So we're going to work backwards across the country. So we're going to start with the NFC West and it's Matt's turn to lead off. Um, I'll say the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I'm going to say they think they have their quarterback. I'm going to say he's been good, but their run game was so good last year, and that was really the first full season he's played. I just, I'm not confident yet. I think that if you were a San Francisco 49ers fan, you'd probably be reading a bunch of articles about Jimmy Garoppolo. Can he stay healthy? He has had some injury issues. Um, So, but in his one healthy season, he led him to damn near winning a Super Bowl. Um, Another one that's going to be probably 100% slam dunk, um, the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson. They need a quarterback. Everybody, they have their quarterback. (laughs) I will say he's he's not good at shooting commercials, but he's very okay. good at football. Um, uh, I don't remember. I can't even remember what, what product it was he for, but it was bad. Yeah, because it was that bad. That he it was something about his alter um, ego. It was okay. weird. So that aside, thanks, thanks for chiming in there. <laughs> yeah. These next two, these next two are uh, are I think pretty intriguing. We'll go with Kyler um, Murray, Arizona Cardinals first. They think they have their quarterback. I would say they think they have their quarterback. Okay, that's a tough one. Well, Sox, go ahead. I'm going to say that they have their quarterback. Trevor Bauer just – real quick, Trevor Bauer just tweeted out, kind of um, looks like the Yankees I think it is some starting pitching. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> He's just being a dick right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how he trolled the Braves fans. Like, well, I guess I won't be coming to play for you guys. Um, the Kyler Murray thing, I think that the – the thing that makes me say that they have their quarterback is I think the marriage between the coach and the quarterback. Um, there are situations like we talked about where a guy doesn't have his guy. And so uh, now that doesn't mean that he's going to be successful, um, but I think that Murray is going to be a really good player. So Jared Goff, Los Angeles Rams. They have – Ooh, they have their quarter. They have their quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't think this is this a question. Tough. They have their quarterback. Okay. I'll agree. I think I was probably influenced by you guys, uh, but that. But I think that was tricky because he hasn't set the world on fire. They're actually doing. They're off to a decent start this year. Obviously, they played in the Super Bowl. Um, now we'll go to the NFC South and 
Um, me. I start off. Um, we'll start off with Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Agreed. We'll say they will need a quarterback in the next three years. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Agreed. Agreed. They need a quarterback in the next three years. This was an easy division. This one, this one's fun. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan. I will say they. I think will need they a quarterback think the they have years. the quarterback. I'm with you, Sox. They need a quarterback in the next three years. And then. Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers, which don't throw that away just because they just signed him this offseason and they have a new coach. They gave him like $66 million yeah, bucks or something. $66 million like, for uh, a quarterback, free agent quarterback. It, it, Having okay, said that, it's significant, but I it's not like picking... you can't – it's not like you can't get out from under that contract. I think they'll be picking in the top five, and I think they'll – be taking a quarterback. I think so. They, they need, need a quarterback uh, now, or they need one. In, okay. I think yes. Now. I mean, I think in I next think year's they draft they'll be think they have their quarterback. How old is Teddy Bridgewater? Does anyone know? I'm going to Google that. I got it. Probably. I would, he is 27 30. years old. All right. I I think I'm with Matt. They think they have their quarterback. Interesting. I like it. Okay. Um, NFC North. I think it's me, yeah. And yeah, I'm I think we're back to last. Matt. Uh We'll go um, Detroit Lions. These are no, like this and Matt Ryan's tough, right? They've been around for a while. Um, so I'm going to say kind of stick with the Matt Ryan theme. I think they think they have their quarterback for the next five years. And he's still young enough, but you know, he that's my old, my age old question, the Andy Dalton thing. Who, who are you going to get that's better? With where you're going to be picking and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's a good I point. I didn't ask that question last Bengals year. Got Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're you kind of swayed me on that. I'm going to say that they have. I the, think they have their. They have their quarterback. They just don't have anything. They just don't have anything else. Reasoning. Okay, you said they have. That's fair. Um. <laughs> the uh, need need yeah. The need. Chicago we all agree Bears. on that. I think right and <laughs> need. Well, need, I, no one's need. a Mitchell the yeah. Mitchell One, fan here. Two, three. Um. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say Nick Foles. Like, He's starting this week. So did Joe Burrow, uh, did Joe Burrow uh, steal but his I, nickname though? I don't know. Well, it was Big Dick Nick, and now it's Big Dick Joe. What? I don't. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Like, well, we just, I don't like know. the big city. Like, yeah, Jesus. Joe Burrow wears it better. Um, like, it's just, bringing up Chicago is interesting. And then you think about like New York and L.A. Like the big cities in this league just do not have good teams right now. I saw completely sidebar to the I saw a power ranking. I don't know if it was Bleacher Reporter who it was, but the the last two ranked teams in the NFL were the Jets and the Giants. And it was like yeah. this is awesome. I love it. I, I meant to mention this when we were talking about the Bengals and Joe Burrow having their quarterback. The Dane Brugler for the Athletic wrote like a early quarter poll. Um, all rookie team, how and gave Justin Herbert the nod over Joe Burrow, and I was flabbergasted. He said he he said that they're both incredible, blah 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 blah. But because Justin Herbert can force the ball down the field right. a little bit more, and it's like, well, Joe Burrow or can't fucking sit back there for three seconds because he's buried. So also yeah, other side note, the Padres um, have the best uniforms in baseball because the they're good. They just went back. They just went back to back. They're sharp. I agree. I got them on the money line tonight, so we need a win. Their offense is fun to watch. I feel really bad for the Padres. All I can say is I'm very happy that uh, Oakland came back today and Tampa won because I did not want to see a Astros-Yankees ALCS. I totally agree with that, and – I feel bad for the Astros because they're missing. This is like what you guys said about wasting Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo's performances. Uh, yeah. The Padres would love to have the chance to have their top two starters, right. like Mike Clevenger and uh, Lamette pitch, and they can't. And so that's frustrating for a good young team. Um, okay. The Minnesota Vikings and uh, Kirk Cousins. They... You like that? Um, uh, Jesus, they need a quarterback. Now? Yes, now. Wow. To win in that division, they need a quarterback now. A better quarterback now. I'm going to say socks on this one. they will need All a quarterback right. in the next three years. And then this one is really, I don't know. I mean, well, we know Aaron Rodgers, they already have Jordan Love, but they have their quarterback, they have their quarterback. and they think they have their quarterback. Like, I don't, they fall into yeah. both categories. They have their quarterback for the next <laughs> ten years. Uh, really, it's uh, so that's a one, two, three for have their quarterback, and then that takes us to the NFC least, which is a bit of a dumpster fire. 
and um, very interesting in this conversation because every team in that division would definitely, if you ask them on draft day in recent memory, they would all think that they have their quarterback or at least, uh, yeah, think they have it or have their quarterback. So we'll start with the one that I think is probably the most obvious. Um, they they have Dallas their Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Brian? Um, they have their quarterback. Matt? It's his name Dak or is his name Andy? Just to clarify, I know you. Well, his name it. next year is going to be Andy Dalton, but they have their quarterback. <laughs> Boom! He's got. He said he's on the roster. Uh, I will also say they have their quarterback. Um, now the so okay, the rest of these teams have taken a quarterback. Uh, two of them took one last year in the first round, and then um, the Eagles have. Wentz, I don't know, what's Wentz been in the league? Five years? And kind of led him to a Super Bowl, but led him to a Super Bowl regular season, but was hurt for the playoffs. So, All right. Uh, they think, think they that have probably their quarterback, the but so here's what's going to happen. If they don't pick it up, if they don't win the NFC East this year and make it to the playoffs, I think Doug Peterson gets fired. And I think as soon as Doug Peterson's gone, then Carson Wentz is – very much under pressure, and they probably draft a new quarterback. So I'm going to say for now that they think they have their quarterback. But you're right. It's complicated. They have their quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm – I'm with uh, I'm with Matt. I think they have Stacey. the quarterback. I see, but it it, it is a, a murky situation. Very, very. Um, the New York Giants who took Daniel Jones out of Duke quarterback factory, Duke. They think uh, they have the six overall pick in last year's draft. Uh, they. I would agree with Brian. They think they have the quarterback. I'm going to say they will need a quarterback in the next three years. Um, I think that Saquon Barkley's injury has set them back okay, quite let's, a bit. Um, if they get the first pick this year. If they go – Two, what are they doing? Are they drafting Lawrence or are they trading it? I think you're probably right. I think they would take Lawrence. Which, the funny thing is, is I said they'll need it in the next three years. Uh, and I didn't say that they would. So, uh, really, what I did was I just went in between the needs and think. Um, but... But I think that they'll also probably right. give the Daniel Jones. If Trevor Lawrence is on the board, year, I assuming I that they think don't he's have for the absolute years, first overall pick. Lawrence is on the board, and that that changes things for every single team except for a couple. 
Agreed. And yeah. that brings us to wait a minute. Did you? We we all did the Giants. Okay. Um, that brings us to the Washington Redskins and uh, Dwayne Haskins, who was benched. They today, need a quarterback. Or yesterday. Now. Uh, for Kyle Allen. Agreed. Tank for Lawrence. Did you say Redskins, those yes. Knox? Because uh, that is politically that incorrect. Oh, and boy. This Which... podcast is about to be fined oh, yeah, by the FCC <laughs> for me saying that. Well, <laughs> uh, either way, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have said know that we exist, right? but the Washington football team, good call. Um, no. <laughs> I shouldn't have, and I will. I will right now. I'll issue a public apology. I apologize. <laughs> I was offended. Um, oh, and a home run deep. Oh, by... That was good. Wait, I'm not Tom Brenneman. Uh, uh, so, okay. Final tally here. Now, one of the things that I think that's really interesting about this exercise is, like I said, there's only so many teams that are needy of a quarterback. And what we came up with was a majority of teams have their quarterback, which the NFL is a quarterback driven league. So a bunch of teams have their guy. Second, they think they have their quarterback. And then by one vote, they will need their quarterback in the next three years. So of the really bad teams, edges out, and I don't have, have the standings in front of me, but let me pull them up. Of the really bad teams that are in contention for the first pick, um, I wonder. I wonder of those teams who is actually interested in Trevor Lawrence. Because, like, if the Bengals have the first pick, they're obviously not taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. The the. Greatest thing about the Bengals having the yeah. first pick would be Jets, Texans, the fact that Trevor Lawrence Giants, the because and, they could get a uh, Falcons are zero and four. And the Jaguars are in need. The Washington Football Team. Is in need. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at the NFC. A of us you got, here's teams that have one win or less. Washington, Dallas, Minnesota, Detroit, the Giants, and the Falcons. So of those teams, we agree that Washington would take Lawrence. Minnesota, if they yeah. somehow got the one pick, would absolutely take Which Lawrence. they won't. They're going to be a lot better. I think right. they've just had a tough schedule. Right. But Detroit. Detroit, New York, and Atlanta. Falcons would be interesting, I think. I think Falcons would have to take him. I think the line I think any of those teams you have like I think you would have to take him. Because you can trade you can you could trade Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford to a team like the Jaguars, the Cowboys if they don't yeah. resign Prescott. The Jags. Um or the Eagles if they don't want Wants to be around. I mean, there's teams that you could trade these guys to. The Bears. Yeah. So like basically, if it, if it's Matt Ryan. There are the teams. Falcons are the one pick. There are teams yeah. that we said either have their QB or 
think they have their QB or need their QB in the next three years that if they had the first pick would draft Trevor Lawrence. Right. Absolutely. And I think that, um, I think that the worst place for any NFL team to be is in quarterback purgatory. And I don't, at the end of Andy Dalton's tenure with the Bengals, the Bengals were in quarterback purgatory. And what I mean by that is that Andy Dalton is a very capable NFL quarterback. He can win you 10, 11 games if he has a perfect setup. He can, but he will win you probably four or five games, even if he has a bad offensive line and some weapons, like a little bit of weapons to work with. Um, and those kind of things don't usually work out to be in the, in the 10 to 20 range of, of the first or, round doesn't or usually work out. As we discussed on our draft text sucks and the teams in the, uh, in our teams divisions that either have luck or just a winning culture or whatever, the Steelers draft Roethlisberger 11th and look how that turned out. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. When the, when the Bengals took Carson Palmer. I just want to say this exercise uh, made that me was fun. want I think to that issue a, that was a, a very interesting thing to very big apology for my take last year that the Bengals should have drafted Chase Young with the number one. I thought you were going to say that Andy Dalton should be starting on 18 NFL teams. But... <laughs> well, um, I mean, I think his prime number is closer to like 16, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, like the whole, like, I think when we were talking about Chase Young, that was probably October. Yeah. Um, and I think that at that point, we were probably still talking about Tua as a possibility at number one overall. I think that the way that Joe Burrow ended the season with the national championship, putting up huge numbers in the college football playoff really helped clarify that for and against Alabama yeah. for that record. Yeah. Um, that helped kind of unmuddy those waters. Um, okay, so we're going to get out of here, but we have a new segment um, that we will probably do half the time because we're drinking and forget to do it. But tonight... We're going to introduce the WTF moment of the week. For those of you that um, need earmuffs, go ahead and earmuff it. That is the what the fuck moment of the week. And um, this could be from your personal life, from your parenting, from, I mean, like, you know, not just like kind of like a really like, a, and I'll go first. It can be from sports. Um, I'm going to go first and say, in a very presumptive manner that the Lakers are going to win the NBA title on Friday night. And I'm kind of going to give that a what the fuck. Um, the NBA finals were not exciting. They, as Chase brought up earlier, there's the viewership is next to nothing. And um, like, I don't know, like Anthony Davis and LeBron James just don't do it for me for uh, star power. So, and the freaking, hopefully they don't, but the Dodgers could be bringing him a World Series trophy, which LA doesn't. So that's my what the fuck moment yeah. of the week. I want, 
I want so, uh, more exciting basketball in the NBA. Real, I want the Warriors yeah, okay. back. Um, um, mine, uh, what was mine? So, I just had mine. Uh, Chase, do you have one? Uh, mine was just definitely Joey Votto, like not trying to run to third base. <laughs> I mean, I guess this was technically – Actually, this was exactly <laughs> no. This was a week and a day ago, but like <laughs> this. Wait a minute. Hold I on. mean, my come on. Well, like, hold you're on. a major league player. Trevor You've Bauer been in the major leagues podcast. for what ten years at this point? Twelve years? Thirteen years? Like, how how are you not running on first contact with the trajectory of the hit off of Suarez's bat? It's it's dumbfounding to me. Like the. We always talk about, we always get frustrated with Cincinnati sports like folding in big situations. And it's always our hashtag best players. Like, Botto had a ton of mistakes that cost us in game one. None bigger than you're on second base with one out. Suarez hits a single. You have to score on that. There's absolutely no excuse you don't score on that. And if he scores on that, I think they win the game. I realize that. The Braves came out the bottom in the inning and score, but like, how could you not be just completely defeated if you're the Reds pitching staff after that happens? And and then he gets to third base and he doesn't score with one out. Like, Votto, I, I I don't care if he gets thrown out of the plate. Send him home. Be aggressive, not double steal in the top of the ninth. Aggressive, but I agree, Brian. Brian. Brian, I love that WTF moment. I don't know. Terrible base runner yeah. his entire career. Like that's to me, that's the equivalent of Jay Bruce's. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying you're game wrong. one of saying, the NLDS in 2010, where he just like misses the ball, and then the feel the Phillies score three runs, and I mean the game was over anyway because they got no hit. But come on. Um, mine, uh, mine goes to the entire team of the Tennessee Titans. I don't have anything from fun from family, family life this week, but Tennessee Titans deserve it. Like, Boom. What the fuck are you doing? No, I think that's, um, you get what? 10 COVID positive tests last Monday or Tuesday, your games may be delayed. And then you go have practice at a middle school, like, what the fuck? And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the NFL does. I hope they I, – I, I think they need to levy some sort of punishment on them and some sort of hefty punishment because, unfortunately, COVID's not going away during the next 12 weeks of this season, and you have to get this season in. Um, so that's my what the fuck – for this week, like, what are you doing, Mike? Rabel? I think that's a great one. I think that's a great one, Matt. Um, and I, I like if the if the Titans are are held up again Absolutely. for another week and not playing, and then Absolutely. potentially beyond that, like yeah, you can't really play double header in the NFL. You can't hold the rest because of the thirty-one teams. As we saw with the Patriots, hostage for your stupidity. And uh... no, and as we saw with the with Cam Newton, like Cam Newton tested positive, and yeah, they've like there's been a couple other cases, but they haven't had an outbreak because they seems like they followed yeah. 
protocol, similar with like what the Reds did with Nick Senzel yeah, so. and not having an That's outbreak versus I mean, I maybe hope what's get, happening in St. Louis. I hope Goodell has some balls so. and – that's a really good one. Somewhat because they they certainly deserve it. I'm, I mean, I don't. I how, how do you make up two games when you're if they can't play this week? How do you make up two games when you're the only team that's fucked? So, right. It'll be really interesting to watch. Um, and that's why these yep. rules are what they are because they can't mess up everybody else's situation because you fucked up. All right. No. Well, I got nothing. Anything else? Last thoughts? Parting wisdom? Nothing else? All right. Well, hopefully. We, uh, we got some feedback from a loyal listener that my audio is inconsistent. So hopefully it's a little better this week. 1990s Walkman style. When new piece of sporty podcasting equipment shows up, like Mr. Brown Chase rocks. <laughs> uh, the podcast will be just audio gold. I mean, the content won't, but like you'll be able to hear it. It's on the podcast. Uh, so, Matt. So you better make up your mind what you're going to do. It's your football team. Find a way to fix it. Reach down inside and be a fucking pro. You can't give up the ball. You can't miss tackles. You can't step out of bounds. You can't have penalties. You can't field punts on the one-yard line. Some of you wonder why you don't play and start. Because you won't tackle on an interception. Because you don't know who to block. So you... We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did it have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking lost it, guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did it have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking lost it, guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. Get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto. Zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did it have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking lost it, guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. 
guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. Bugs, what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked the guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked the guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. Get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked the guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked the guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. But get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked the guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked the guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. Get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. 
we're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked you guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what are you thinking? It's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked you guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. But get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? It's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked you guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what are you thinking? It's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked you guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. Get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what are you thinking? It's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked you guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what are you thinking? It's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking walked you guys. It was pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. But get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what are you thinking? It's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did that have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just 
last game is pretty tough. Person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did it have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking lost the guys. This game's pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. Get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. We, was, we got disrespected a little bit before the game. Guys calling us out. We're a tougher team. We're grown men over here. We got a whole bunch of gangsters in the locker room. Not thugs, but tough guys on the court. And we went out there and zipped them up at the end of the game. That's our motto, zip them up. And that's what we just did to them. But what do you think? And it's right after you were in a, had an at-bat. You didn't have really time to relax between innings. Did it have anything to do with it? No, man. I mean, I just fucking lost the guys. This game's pretty tough. So that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out. Get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. Sports Intoxication is back for your listening pleasure. We decided to give you a week break. Sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes absence is just absence. And maybe your life was better without us. But I doubt it. Um. I really don't see how that math works. This is Sox, joined by Matt tonight. What's up, everybody? Welcome and, back. And and no Brian tonight, um, unless he decides to make a surprise guest appearance. Um, so, as we said, um, it's been a couple weeks, and we were doing weekly podcasts for the first few weeks of the NFL season and the Joe Burrow era. So since we last talked, the Bengals have gone, drumroll please, 0-2. Yeah. Um, won a very predictable loss to the Baltimore Ravens, which we all called the loss, but we all want, told, or we all chose them to cover the spread, and they definitely didn't. No. <laughs> um, and then last week's what I would call a new way to lose for the Cincinnati Bengals uh, of the Zach Taylor era against the Indianapolis Colts, jumping out to a 21, nothing lead with six seconds into the second quarter. And then uh, just coughing that away to lose. What was the final 31, 27? Oh yeah. 31, 27. No. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the two field goals. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so, we want to talk about those um, couple weeks, what we took away from each game. So, we're not going to – you probably already watched um, the games and then watched the tape, obviously, like we do. Yeah. Um, all, all, the, all 22. All 22, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want to we'll, – we'll do it game by game just so we don't – because they were very different games uh, – just so we don't jumble our thoughts on, and they were totally different games for Joe Burrow, the, for the coaching staff, for the defense, 
Um, so let me get your thoughts on the loss to the Baltimore Ravens, which the Bengals scored three points. That was a 27 to three. Yeah. Seven to three. I mean, that, that one kind of felt, predictable i think we probably all um were a little too optimistic i think maybe going into that game um you know it's really the first time that burrow has looked like a rookie um and you know baltimore's defense obviously uh is quite good uh they have they're not what they have been in years past but they're still a good team and um yeah, they also just traded for Yannick Ngaku or whatever his name yeah, is today. Yeah. So, so uh, they have Calais Campbell and him now on the edge, edges. I just think that game really kind of exposed the Bengals' offensive line when you go up against, you know, blitzing high-pressure teams like that. You're not going to be able to do anything offensively with this offensive line against the better teams in this league. And, unfortunately um, – you know, we saw it there, and we're going to see it probably a couple more times here coming up in the next few weeks. But, um, you know, I thought that game, the defense was really about as good as you could expect or hope for, um, really to hold Baltimore to 20 points. That last touchdown was a defensive score for Baltimore. So the defense did a great job in that game. They contained Lamar Jackson. Now, granted, there was an injury with that. You know, he wasn't probably 100%, but – you know, they still played well, and I thought it was a really good game for the most part for the linebackers that they drafted. And, um, you know, I, I continue to be impressed with them. So that game really didn't shock me all that much. It was more a matter of, all right, that's a big freaking problem that they have on the offensive line. And they're going to face the Ravens again. They're going to face the Steelers twice. They're going to face the Titans, who have a good defensive line. Like, can he can Burrow stay healthy with that type of offensive line against these elite defensive lines? That that was the biggest takeaway for me from that. I would agree with you, but and I'm not letting the offensive line off the hook by any means. But I would also, I think Joe Burrow shares some of that blame for sure. holding the ball too long. Yeah. Um, and I think that, and I we've talked about this a million times on this podcast. I. I don't need to say it again, but I will. I'm not a football schematic expert, but I felt like the coaching staff, because Baltimore wasn't blowing up the the Bengals' offensive line with four guys. They were sending exotic blitz packages. If it's coming from a corner or a safety or a linebacker or the defensive ends dropping into coverage, it what they were doing is really confusing. Yeah. The offensive line, which the offensive line isn't good to begin with. We know that. Um, but – and maybe there's some guys on there that aren't smart. Um, and, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know this. Like, I'm just saying, like, they they weren't able to pick up anything. And part of that, I think, goes to the coaching staff. And part of that goes to the scheme from the coaching staff to have somebody back there, whether it's an H back. I don't know. Like, I feel like – we see so many situations where you have a tight end blocking a really good defensive end or a really good linebacker. And, um, you know, on these national broadcasts, they're like, you can't block right. this X guy, this 
you know, player X with your tight end. It's just not going to work. And what I see from a lot from the Bengals offensive lines in these situations is a lot of one-on-one where true sample tight ends should be, should be chipping a guy or pushing that guy or the tackle should be helping him. It just, I don't know. Like again, schematically, I'm not uh, an expert, but it just seems like they should be giving guys help. Um, And so I think that was a failure of the coaching staff big time um, to not. And I mean, they said all the right things afterwards. We were prepared for it. We just didn't execute like blah, 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 blah. But what do you expect them to say that they weren't prepared for it? Um, so that was a disappointment for me. As you said, Joe Burrow looked like they made him look like a rookie. Um, and that's going to happen. Um, yeah, especially junior mentioned, yeah, I mean, especially in that type of game when he's getting destroyed. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Just makes it look well. Well, the things, the things that were happening, I felt like two or three times in that game, the one time that he fumbled and that got, the scoop and score, but there were at least two other times where he got hit from a guy that had already ran past him yeah. and had already ran up the field on him. And Joe's got to know that those guys are going to come back for him, especially if he's sliding in the pocket their way. And so he's got to either tuck it. I know he loves to be creative and keep the play alive and try to get a receiver to get open and throw the ball. But against a team like the Ravens, I feel like you got to, if you're, if you're not going to be able to stay in the pocket, get out yeah. of the pocket and go. Yep. Um, so that was my, and then, but you're absolutely right about the defense and um, schematically there, you have to give a ton of credit to uh, Lou Anarumo and his, his staff because they were able to contain, they held Lamar Jackson to his career low rushing yards, um, which well, I didn't realize that. wasn't good for, yeah, for, wasn't good for your, yours truly yeah. in two fantasy leagues. Um, but no one, no one really gives a shit about <laughs> that. Um, so a good job with that. I re- early, they got hurt by those, those 20 points you mentioned. They got hurt by the tight end and, uh, Marquise Brown and the Bengals said after the game, we knew they were going to go to 15 and 84 or whatever he is. Um, and, and they said, for the most part, we shut that down. So from a positive standpoint, they had a good game plan defensively and um, they made adjustments to to slow down especially in the second half um, the Baltimore offense so you hope in those situations it's a learning experience for the team for the quarterback for everybody Um, on to a very different kind of loss at Indianapolis last week uh, like I said, Bengals run out to a 21 nothing lead, and the offense looked phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were just they, – they get an early turnover, um, and they punch it in. Like, they did things. They scored three touchdowns, obviously. Those are things that Bengals don't do. The Bengals usually, when they score on three consecutive drives, it's 9 nothing yep. or it's maybe 13 nothing. Um, but to score three touchdowns, they were using a little bit of Geo and a little bit of Joe. I know Joe was a little banged up, so maybe that was part of it. But I like the sub packages where they have both running backs on the field, and maybe they option one into a pattern. Maybe they option both of them into a pattern. Um, so I don't want to get too far down the road here before I ask you your thoughts on 
what transpired the rest of that game. Yeah, I mean, it was a great start uh, offensively. You know, first things first, defense comes out and gets a turnover right off the bat, which, you know, Colts just handed it to him. But um, great start offensively, um, defensively as well. But, I mean, even when they're up 21 nothing. You know, 98% of the team's fans in this league feel really good about their chances of winning that game. Uh, I would imagine maybe 2% of Bengals fans probably thought they were still going to win that game. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it was just – Yeah, it's, it's just um, – it was almost like it was too good to be true for the first quarter. Um, and unfortunately it was. Defense couldn't stop anybody once the Colts got the ball back down 21 nothing. I don't know if Indianapolis punted again the rest of the game uh, after punting the first three drives or turning the ball over and then punting the next two drives. Um, and unfortunately, the Bengals offense, Indy's defense woke up and, you know, they lost the game. And again, Burrow has a chance at the end to kind of win a game, gets him in a spot, and unfortunately just doesn't see a guy. Um but really, it's just that's just a really frustrating loss. One of what four already this year, or three? Three of the four losses are games that really could have gone the other way. And at some point, very winnable. At some point, you know, I know only a year and a half in, um, we need to we need to start winning some of these games because at some point it does come back to coaching and getting stuff done and, and figuring out a way to make a play um, and get your guys in the right spots. And they just weren't, you know, the defense could not stop anybody that second half or the last three quarters of that Colts game. It was run. Pat Phillip Rivers looked like he was 10 years younger than he is. Uh, guys were just sprinting wide open. Um I just don't understand some of the stuff that they did in that game defensively. Like, why not try and pressure him more? You can't just let him sit back there and pick you apart, um, which is what he did. Absolutely. Just picked him apart. That's that's where I kind of – like I I alluded to the adjustment in Baltimore the week before, but if you – as a defensive coordinator, if you can't get to the quarterback with four guys – how do you not just start sending people? And I'm saying sending people on two downs out yeah. of three. I'm saying use those kind of exotic blitz packages that Baltimore was using. Disguise your blitz, whatever. I mean, like, just like he, they were coming with four guys and Philip Rivers, who is a statue at 39 years old or whatever he is, was he had time. He could move around if he needed to, and then he'd make a throw. The Bengals had consecutive third and nines where they stopped him for the first two plays or had a penalty or whatever, and they gave it up both times because Rivers had time. And it was so frustrating. The other thing that was frustrating for me about that game was the the way that that ended. It's really easy to say – Bengals had a 21-0 lead. They didn't convert in the second half, which is true. Um, But they did have two scoring drives in the second half, unfortunately. Both of them led to field goals. 
they did get it. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Uh, well, no, they had 24 at halftime. Uh, so they had, they scored three, 24 in the first half. They had one scoring drive in the second half that led to a field goal. But obviously my point is that two field goals after they were up 21, nothing. If one of those is a touchdown, then you're at 30 points. Um, and then I have to say it, but Randy Bullock doing someone off the upright. If he makes that, it's a 31-30 game. And then when the Bengals are driving, they probably aren't being as aggressive. Like, look, Joe Burrow made a rookie mistake on that right. drive. They had two timeouts that they brought back to Cincinnati with them. They were at about the 40-yard line. Inside of that, closer. yeah, I think, inside of that. When he threw that touchdown, and there was still at least a minute left on the clock, um, so they had time and timeouts. Like they, he, they didn't need to be throwing a twenty-yard pass in that situation. Um, which, again, whether that's play calling or a rookie mistake, obviously Joe didn't execute it and didn't see the guy. Um, but the my point of all this is that if other things had happened earlier in the game. Maybe the Bengals are up 33 to 31 at that point. Like, it's just, um, you know, the missed field goal, the two drives stalling out. Um, and to be honest, Randy Bullock's been really good this year, except for the okay. infamous yep. leg cramp. And then this one at Indy. Um, but that was kind of my another takeaway for me, just because um, there were opportunities. And that goes to your point of I think this is what this whole discussion then becomes about is you as a team have not figured out how to win. You as a team and a coaching staff have not figured out how to hold leads or hold late leads like Philadelphia. Um, And time for this fan base is fleeting. Like, people aren't interested in seeing another year where you win two or three games. People want to see progress. And I would say at this point, Zach Taylor and the Bengals are lucky that they have three remaining games against the NFC East. Um, And still the Miami, I mean, there's still winnable games on the schedule, but if the Bengals aren't, I would say a five or six win team, really six wins for me. Um, then I'm not seeing a lot of progress. The other side of me, like the practical side of me says, if the Bengals are in a bunch of games and they lose them and they win two or three games this year, they're going to have a higher draft pick and they're going to be able to get a more talented player. But um, there's also right now, not a lot of faith that they can develop those picks into the quality that they need to turn this thing around and do they have right. the coaching staff? I, I mean, I still, I mean, I go back to what I've said before about, you know, Baker Mayfield and Cleveland and I would, I really hope, and I think he will, but I, I would, would like to see Zach Taylor really kind of no matter what, um, maybe not no matter what, you know, but I really want to see him get another year because as a rookie head coach last year and then in his second year with a new quarterback, he's obviously still going to be growing pain, um, kind of learning on the fly. Um, and I do think they play relatively hard for him, and 
you know, they're competitive in a lot of games. Um, uh, what, 0-11, I think, is what they are in one-score games now under them. Um, no. They won the Jazz. Uh, yeah, game. it's true. Yeah. It was a late one-score game, but... Um, but I think... I do think he'll continue to grow and hopefully get better. Um, you know, problem is how much time do you give him? Uh, that's like the question. And I do think you need to give him another, unless you're dead set that he's the wrong guy, which I certainly don't think they are based on the conversation that we had with PDJ earlier this year. Um, you know, I, I, I would, expect him more than likely to come back next year. Now, maybe you make some other changes, but give him and Burrow at least two years together to see kind of what they can do. You, you know, Brian mentioned our text chain, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, last year, Arizona and Kyler Murray, and they weren't particularly good. I think they won four or five games maybe. Um, and you can see. Including a, a one-score right. game over the Bengals. And you can see, I mean, they're what, four and two now. So, starting off on a better foot. As I, I don't know. It's it's interesting that Cliff Kingsbury's been get, been a head coach before, granted not the NFL. Zach Taylor hasn't. And, you know, Bengals are probably, what, four plays away from being four and two versus, you know, what they are now. Now, does that come back to coaching? Does that come back to, you know, your coach not being experienced? You know, what is that? It's just such a – there's so many moving pieces that are involved. And it's not just black and white, I don't think. So, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But I think you're right. I do think they need to string together a few wins for team's sake, for Taylor's sake, for the fan base's sake. You know, get the four, five, six wins. Yeah. And I think the the Kingsbury thing is interesting because, yes, he has head coaching experience. But he just got fired from yeah. Texas Tech. And then he became a hot name for offensive coordinator with a lot of big-time Power 5 teams and some NFL teams. And then I think uh, Arizona just was like, screw it. Let's, let's give it a shot. The other thing that happened, in which this is not in any way going to happen here, um, but the other thing that happened in Arizona that was really bold and smart was they had just taken a quarterback in the top 15, 20 um, with Josh Rosen, and they yeah. traded him and said, we're going to draft Kyler Murray number one overall. And that, as a, as a NFL franchise, that is a big thing to swallow. Um, and mm-hmm. It's, I commend them for doing that and good for Cliff Kingsbury to get the guy that he wanted to get. And it's somewhat similar to the Andy Dalton, uh, Joe Burrow situation for Zach Taylor that Zach Taylor was like, look, this isn't going to be my guy, uh, for a quarterback. And the Bengals had the opportunity to take, uh, what many believe to be a somewhat generational talent with, uh, Joe Burrow. That also kind of leads me into, our next little chat about the Bengals um, is, and this ties into the Zach Taylor thing too. The Bengals have some Marvin Lewis era 
veterans that are still on the squad that are causing a little bit of noise. Um, they're not upset. They're not happy with playing time. They're not happy with the way they're being used, so on and so forth. Uh, talking about Carlos Dunlap, um, who's been probably yep. the most vocal. Gino Atkins, who never talks to anybody about anything, but apparently isn't thrilled. Um, and then AJ Green, there was the situation in Baltimore, which kind of died down. And now he had a great week last week in Indy, which was great. But um, saying all this to get to the point of in a couple of weeks, the NFL trade deadlines here and well, John Ross is also out there. Um, the Bengals have some guys that I think that other teams would be interested in. And um, this is where I applaud the organizational thinking of Arizona to move on from a guy where it seems like the Bengals are just like, nope, that's our guy. We like Billy Price. We like John Ross, even though John Ross doesn't dress and Billy Price right. doesn't play. If you could get a six-round yeah. uh, pick, right. I mean, so that's a little bit of a venting frustration for me that one of the things that Paul talked about um, on their podcast this week was there was another athletic podcast that's has a former NFL GM or something on it. And um, they started talking about the Bengals and they said, we it got to the point where you don't even call them because they're just going to tell you no, or they overvalue their guys so much that it's not even worth making the call. Um, and you Dick or Duke Tobin's famously been quoted as saying, it's not my job. It's not, we're not in the business of making other teams better. And that's yes, so yeah. short-sighted. It's so short-sighted. Yeah, that's a terrible way to look at things. Um, that it just makes me nuts uh, sitting here. I think the interesting one there is going to probably be drink. AJ Green. Um, you know, if he can have two more kind of compelling good games like he did against Indianapolis, you know, kind of show he's healthy. Cherry can still do some things, you know, then you might be able to trade him. I don't know that they actually would, um, but that's really, I think to me, the biggest chip they have is kind of hoping that he continues to improve and then I would, I would get rid of him. Sure. The, the biggest right. hurdle there is $9 million for another team to pick up. But, but I totally agree with you. And we've on our text thread people, I, I me personally, I've said, trade them all or do whatever in retrospect, you're not going to get anything for an aging Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap for uh, a, their production this year and B their um, dollars is no one's going to take on that money. Um, So Paul mentioned cutting them. And if they continue to be a problem in the locker room, that's probably the best move because guys that were literally signed off the street a month starting, or two ago, are getting yep. more. They make you, I mean, being more productive. I mean, I, obviously they're playing more, but you know, Gino Atkins, yep. I don't think I saw or heard has recorded a stat this year other than playing a few plays. Which correct for being your highest paid player, that's uh, that's a problem. 
Right. Um, but the good, if you want to look at the positive side of that, is that those guys are both, they're signed next year, but I don't think there's any chance that they'll be on the team next year. They cut them. Yep. It frees up a bunch more money that uh, you can use on the offensive line. You can use where you need it. Um, I think you probably see, you could see some extensions this year as far as uh, uh, hopefully they, if William Jackson keeps playing well, I'd resign him. Uh, Jesse Bates is probably up pretty soon and he's played yeah, he's uh, at a very high level. Safety in football. Uh, yeah, which has been good to see. Um, so that's all I got. Oh, no. Um, Prediction. This Prediction. Bengals are at home. Against the Cleveland Browns, so the Battle of Ohio. Um, the Browns just got thrashed last week by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, the favorite. No, they're getting three. Cleveland's favorite by three. No, getting three. Um. So Brian has phoned in his order, and he has ordered up a. Bengals lost, Browns 30, Bengals 26, so no cover. Um, I'm going to say the Bengals cover in a another – well, no, I'm going to say it's a push. I'm going to go 33-30 Cleveland. Cleveland. Um, another somewhat high-scoring game. I don't think the, the Browns' defense is – other than Miles Garrett uh, and Denzel Ward, but uh, but Bengals scored the ball, pretty, or moved the ball yeah, pretty well against them. Yeah, they did. Hopefully, Mixon's healthy, and I think if Mixon's healthy, um, I am going to go with the Bengals uh, for an outright an outright W in this one. I will say twenty four to twenty. Who day? The second time nice. this season. 24. I'd love to see it. I just don't think Cleveland's that good. Uh, uh, I think Baker's hurt. And I don't think Baker's very good. Now, granted, I could be way wrong. But um, I agree with you. I'm a little worried about um, the Bengals' health as well because. William yeah. Jackson has not practiced this week with a concussion and Phillips has had an illness. Hopefully I think he has a really good chance of playing if he just feels better. Um, and Sam Hubbard got hurt in that Baltimore game. So, and then reader got hurt for the year. So that's also not to backtrack, but the, the indie game, um, not getting pressure from your front four it makes a little more sense when you don't yeah. have your two best. Well, I'd, I'd throw Lawson in there, but uh, two of your three best defensive yeah. linemen with Reader and Hubbard out. Um, but injuries happen. Yes, they do, unfortunately. So, moving on. Um, not a ton else going on right now, but the, the World Series is in full swing. It's an off night tonight as we record, but they are back at it tomorrow. And um, it's been an interesting first couple games. Um, it's Tampa and L.A. Yeah, and a couple of good games. Um, 
well, I guess game one was kind of a a blowout, but both games yeah. kind of were, but Dodgers kind of fought back there last night to make it interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, tomorrow will be a, a fun one to watch. Um, I think the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers are going to get it done um, this year. I think, you know, Mookie Betts has been just phenomenal player for them in the playoffs and really all year. And I think he's going to be the difference that they've been missing the last few years. Uh, I think it's probably going to go six. I mean, it's got to go, it's got to go what five at this point, but I think it will go six. I'll say Dodgers four, um, or two, and you know I wouldn't be shocked either way. The Braves have been, you know, one of the feel-good stories of the year. Um, but I think the Dodgers really just probably have too much talent. And you give them these off days now, I think it's just going to free up their pitchers to get at least a day of rest, uh, which they haven't been able to get. Um, so I'll go Dodgers in six. Mm-hmm. Their lineup is sick, the Dodgers. Um, the the Rays are fun to watch because if you are not a baseball um, aficionado, yeah. you may not recognize anybody in the Rays lineup. Um, but they're a good team, and they have good pitching. They have a good ballpen. Um, so I have right. the Rays Thanks. winning in seven. So um, we'll see what happens with that. What will definitely happen, which is very much an oddity in sports, is either Tampa Bay or LA is going to get their second championship in the last three months because the Tampa Bay Lightning hoisted the Stanley Cup and the Los Angeles Lakers lifted the Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, About a week Uh, ago. Let's see. The Bucks probably have a decent chance. The Rams are all right. Chargers no. So Tampa's probably got the best chance for three. Right. But it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um. So really, that's all. And the got the, except, the future uh, national champions kick one... kick off their football season on Saturday. <laughs> oh wow, that's a bold prediction. Um yeah, there's there's a, a huge addition to the college football slate. Um, which I'll be honest, I'm a Michigan fan. I have been watching college football the past few weeks because of the matchups like Georgia Auburn, because of the matchups like Georgia Alabama. Um I've been watching those big time games, but yeah, Saturday's going to yeah. carry a lot more um, excitement for me to watch a team that I actually root for, um, and they're bringing that's in a, a good, new quarterback. Yeah, so that's a great game. That'll be fun. And they're playing year, Minnesota, man. which at Minnesota, right? So be a, a tough one to get going. But... Yeah, for sure. And the Buckeyes play. Yeah, yeah high state schedule is pretty laughable. I mean, they have Penn State and Michigan, and that's really it. Penn State's on the road, obviously, in front of nobody, uh, and their two best players aren't playing, so. Are you going to be, as an Ohio State fan, playing Nebraska? Are you going to be sentimental 
am watching this game with a little extra fervor because a month ago to six weeks ago, Nebraska wanted out of the Big Ten. So maybe this is the last time Nebraska and Ohio State face off in what's become yeah, a classic no, Big no, Ten. No, I probably won't. Um, unfortunately, I have a <laughs> wedding at one thirty, so I won't even get to watch the second half. But the game will probably be over by halftime. So I think last year Ohio State won by 60. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yikes. But – Good, good call on pointing that out. Because, yeah, it's going to uh, be exciting to have it's, teams you care about, you know, as an Ohio State fan, as you're a Michigan fan. Um, and and just – it also makes the whole picture of watching the top five, top ten teams yeah. play a lot more interesting. Uh, Absolutely. Adding in all these teams that are, that are highly ranked. Um, so that'll be great. Um, the last thing I wrote this down here, so we remembered, which I think will be two for two, but our, uh, mm. our WTF or what the fuck moment of the week. Um, and I'm going to go with, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. give you a second to think about it. Cause I kind of sprung it on you, but um, I'm going to go with Brian chase, not being on this podcast. What the fuck? I mean, it's been two weeks. Like, I, I doubt he'll listen to this. He'll probably never hear this. Um, but no, Brian's Brian's busy. He's getting stuff done. Um, maybe I can switch my what the fuck to. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of choices, but how about blowing a twenty-one nothing lead and. Just Zach Taylor. Was, a lot yeah, of my, my what the fuck was going to be the 21 nothing lead. But I, I'll say uh, from a personal standpoint, it's realizing that I have to go to a wedding on Saturday at 1.30. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it'll be great. Um, yeah, they're fun. Fall weddings. Been there. Why are you doing that? Although we both got married in the fall too. So, um, <laughs> tough. Um, <laughs> No, what the fuck was I was supposed to play golf Saturday morning in Columbus. Today was I'm supposed to be playing this coming Saturday, so two days. It's 81 degrees today, perfect. You know, great. Saturday morning, our tea time's at 7:30, and it's supposed to feel like 34 degrees. So we went ahead and just can't. We went ahead and just canceled that tea time. I'm gonna go ahead and pass on that one. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Today was. Beautiful and tomorrow's supposed to be beautiful. So yeah, uh, unfortunately, you but, you know, picked the wrong day. Well, well, hopefully next fuck. week we're back talking about a Bengals. Victory. All right. Well, yeah. Um, and as I mentioned to you and Chase, we're you know we in the next couple of weeks if we do our Reds off season preview, we're quickly quickly approaching college basketball season. Yeah. So then we're going to have a Xavier preview and then we're going to have to start talking about Xavier games. Um, so that's exciting um, to, to have something else and something. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait to talk about because uh, I think they're going to be a fun team this year. So uh, until next time. Yeah. No, I'm good. Cheers, everyone. Me, have a good weekend. And the podcast. See you guys next time.